Welcome to the Flashpoint Podcast with your host, Jared Burris. And welcome to the Flashpoint Podcast. Of course, I'm your host, Jared. I have a special Mother's Day story for us today for all the mothers out there. Thank you, moms. We love you. The story comes from the Indianapolis Star. It is written by Will Higgins, who reported on this story about a man named Frank Grunwald who uh, survived Auschwitz with his leaving his mom and his older brother behind. Only him and his dad surviving. Here is their story. During the liberation at Auschwitz, a photo was taken picturing several children. They did not know each other then, but 72 years later, three of them found each other. The father told the son of the letter's existence back in 1946, right after the war. But the son, who was 11 years old, did not want to read it. He avoided even seeing it. I was scared of the letter, said the son, then known as Misa Grunwald, and now Frank Grunwald. Grunwald, who survived a Nazi concentration camp, is now a retired industrial designer living northeast of Indianapolis on Geist Reservoir. He is 85. I was curious about the letter, he said, but at the same time afraid, I think, for its sadness. Grunwald's mother had written the letter to Grunwald's father moments before she, with Grunwald's older crippled brother and hundreds of other Jews, entered the gas chamber at Auschwitz on July 11, 1944. Ten sentences scribbled in pencil on cheap paper Yet so extraordinary, the letter is now in a museum in Washington, D.C. Vilma Grunwald wrote the note, folded the paper in half, and wrote on the outside, Dr. Grunwald F. Lager. Kurt Grunwald, her husband, Frank's father, was also a prisoner at sprawling Auschwitz concentration camp. He was at one of the work camps. He was a physician who took care of the workers to get them better again and to send them back out. She handed the note to a German guard. In what seems miraculous, the guard personally delivered it to her husband. Kurt Grunwald told his son later, What kind of Nazi concentration camp guard would do that? My mother was a great reader of personalities, said Frank. She must have sensed this guard had some compassion. He was older. He was around 50 or 60 years old. Auschwitz was liberated seven months later. Sometime after that, Kurt Grunwald was reunited with his surviving son and said, I have a note here from your mother. I didn't want to see it. I was too upset, said Frank. In 1951, the surviving Grunwalds moved to New York City. The father practiced medicine in Forest Hills. The son went to the Pratt Institute and studied industrial design. He got a job with General Electric in Syracuse and married his wife, Barbara. The couple had two children. Kurt Grunwald died in 1967, at age 67, and it was while going through his father's belongings that Frank came across the letter. He had it in a desk in his bedroom, Frank said. The paper had turned yellow. I saw it and knew what it was right away. I recognized my mother's handwriting. The Grunwalds were from the Czech Republic and Vilma had written in her, own, in her own native language. Frank finally read it. What struck him was its tone. There's not a word of anger or hatred or resentment or bitterness against the Nazis, he said. 
It's all focused on my father and me and on the future. He took the note home and put it in a desk. For two decades, he showed it to no one, not even his wife, Barbara. Every few months, he retrieved it and reread it in privacy. In the 1990s, he showed it to his family. Four years ago, he gave it to the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum in Washington, D.C. I thought, why not expose it so that others can see it? He said, one of my biggest concerns has always been, once I'm gone, who will remember my mother? Now I believe that fear is neutralized. More than 40 million people have visited the museum, which celebrates its 25th anniversary this week. Over the years, the museum has received donations of thousands of personal artifacts, but Vilma Grunwald's letter stands alone. I'm always reluctant to say it's the only such document ever created, said Judith Cohen, the museum's chief acquisitions curator. But to the best of our knowledge, it is, it is the only one we have ever seen. Auschwitz, in the moments before gassing, in the concentration camps, it was almost impossible to write material that was preserved. The quality of paper used by Vilma Grunwald was poor. Composed mostly of wood pulp, said Jane E. Klinger, the museum's chief conservationist. For preservation purposes, the letter is rotated out of the museum's gallery every six months. It is replaced by a lookalike, which is marked as such. In its all time, the original is stored, unfolded, and inert, and is said by Klinger to be only handled with the gloves. It's Vilma's Grunwald's words that are powerful, but the object itself matters, said Cohen, because it's authoritative documentation. It seems inconceivable, but people still deny the Holocaust. There are people doubting Auschwitz even ever existed. But when you see the physical letter, you can't deny it. When you see the actual physical paper, you say, this is proof. This is reality. This is what happened to her, and this is how she responded. Here is Vilma Grunwald's note on July 11, 1944, in her own words to her husband and her son. You, my only one, dearest, in isolation, we are waiting for darkness. We considered the possibility of hiding, but decided not to do it since we felt it would be hopeless. The famous trucks are already here, and we are waiting for it to begin. I am completely calm. You, my only and dearest one, do not blame yourself for what happened. It was our destiny. We did what we could. Stay healthy and remember my words, that time will heal, and if not completely, then at least partially. Take care of the little golden boy, and don't spoil him too much with your love. Both of you, stay healthy, my dear. I will be thinking of you and Frank. Have a fabulous life. We must board the trucks. Into eternity... Vilma. What the story didn't go over and what Frank told in an interview earlier this week on a radio national radio broadcast program is that his mother 
had sacrificially given herself. You see, his, older, his other brother had a disability. His disability, he had a, a, a bad leg. Something had happened, Frank said in the interview this week. Uh, uh, something happened when they were a lot younger, and, and he just couldn't. He didn't go into great detail, but he had a limp, he said. And he was, uh, the Nazis considered him disabled. And he was ushered into the, a line that were going to take trucks to take them to be gassed. Frank's mother stepped in the line with her son, sacrificially giving herself so that her son would not be alone. Frank said that he told her as he was standing there with them, he was the Nazis had put them in two separate lines, a healthy line to continue working and a line that you were not healthy anymore and you were to die and be gassed. But she willingly stepped out. She told Frank bye and told him that she didn't want her brother, her, his brother to be alone and that she needed to be with him in this darkest hour. What sacrifice, but isn't that just like our mothers? To all the mothers out there, happy Mother's Day. In this day and age, we need you now more than ever. In a world where they are trying to confuse, and even in some uh, parts of our language now, we're ta they're taking out father, the words father and mother and dad and mom and replacing it with just parent because anybody could be a mom, anybody could be a dad. Our world has gotten confused. So let's hold up our mothers. We need our mothers. Behind every great man or great woman has always been a great mom and a great dad. But even most importantly, some of the great figures and heroes I can think of right now, they look to their moms. They look to the one who raised them, who was compassionate, who was loving, but who also taught them discipline. This is nothing against us dads out there. Your day's coming too. But for today, it is our moms. And I also want to say a special Happy Mother's Day to my wife, to her mom, Mimi, and to my mom. Great women. Women that I receive inspiration from each and every day with just their acts and how they conduct their lives. Being compassionate in truth and love in Christ and being great mothers to their kids. That's all the time I have for you today. I hope you've enjoyed this. But until next time, God bless and good day.